Yo, welcome back to the show. Today I am sharing another episode that I did with my good friend and client Jeff Hain on his podcast, The Mind Muscle Connection. For usual, I really enjoyed this conversation. We have kind of a monthly QA thing going on. So in this episode, we dig into have my calves gotten any bigger? <laughs> um, what my and Jeff's 2022 goals are, along with some of the process we use for going about goal setting. How often to adjust your calories when building? Our favorite foods for both building and for cutting. So some cool little macro hacks, if you will, in there. And then important mo- important markers to monitor with your clients if you're a coach or if you're self-coaching. Just some important metrics and biofeedback that you need to keep in mind and probably should be monitoring on at least a weekly basis. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today I have Jeremiah Bear on again for probably the sixth, seventh, eighth time um, now. So welcome back on, man. Thank you, dude. I'm stoked to be here once again. I think we missed a month, didn't we? Yeah, we did it. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. I know. Uh, That's why it took us, what, 15, 20 minutes to get through our uh, talk before, before we started recording. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I think you that's got all. more handsome since the last time I saw you, dude. Thank you. Absolutely. You're the only person that said that, so I appreciate that. <laughs> um, it's always, you know, we we can't air that stuff. That's that's all fair stuff. You know, we gotta we gotta keep that to ourselves. So, um, I'm I'm kidding there. But anyway, so I guess since it's been a couple months, man, what uh, anything been going on? I guess maybe fill the audience in there on that. Oh man, um, so. With my own training, I feel like things have been pretty similar to what we discussed last few months. Um, just been slowly focusing on building, staying pretty lean throughout. I think I'm about to start a fat loss phase, actually, because you just started your fat loss phase. And I was hoping we were going to start. I know my coach has been talking about it a bit. And I was hoping we we're going to start at the same time just because we could still have a little bit more kind of friendly competition there. That said, we haven't kicked mine off yet, but I think we're planning to start that in the future here. Uh, like within the next month. I'm so for that, man. Been building for quite a while, but like my last cut I did, I was at what I was at 230 when I started and I got down to 205. And right now I'm only at 213. So it'd be cool to see like it's a lot from a starting point. Like I definitely got a lot less fluffy this building phase than I did my last one. Um, which is a product of working with different coaches, different approaches, right? But I'm excited to potentially like actually get shredded again for the first time in quite a while. And I, w- I would for sure do like a photo shoot at the end of that as well. Like for me at this point, I used to do a lot of photo shoots just for content. But I, that's not really so much like the goal of it now. But I think like like a lot of our clients do photo shoots just because it's like a cool thing to like have that if there's no like set thing that we're working towards at the end of the diet, it's a lot easier to just like, Oh, well, I'm not really working towards anything. So it's a lot easier. But if it's like, no, at this point I have to be in front of this camera shirtless, then it's a lot more accountability from your end to like, okay, no matter what I have this hard set, I have this hard deadline. So I have to be on top of my shit. So I really like to kind of just put that in place for myself as well. And I'm excited to go through that process, man, because again, like I haven't been, I haven't been like super, super lean since like the beginning of 2019. So I'm still to potentially get back into that, especially because I've spent so much time building. So hopefully I'm a lot more jacked by this point. You did, you did a cut. <clears throat> I remember cause <clears throat> you, you were doing the weighted vest. Yeah. Um, so, so you did that cut back in like, I think it was like probably like June ish time, right? Time, time frame maybe. I think it was from the end of February to May. It was a pretty quick cut. And the thing with that was it wasn't like a cut to get shredded. It was basically, Hey, we've been building for about a year. Let's strip some fat off and then get back to building. And with that, I like, I didn't want to get ripped by the end of it, regardless. I basically just wanted to get back to more building, but also I just needed, like, as you know, eventually after a building phase, we're going to have to go through an extended fat loss phase to the point where we can find more time to build once again. So that was basically what that was. Yeah, I think, you know, I think a lot of people think there's just like this, <clears throat> you, you cut and then there's just this thing that you get to, but like, there's, you know, different phases of it, right? Like for you, that was not like a super long cut. That was just something like you said, you were just trying to get some body fat off. And 
you know, I can relate to that too, where like, I mean, you know, I've been building for a long, like a long time and oh, yeah. like, I'm, I'm ready to get into a, a just, I, I don't want to do it <laughs> because I don't want to eat less food. Like, I just don't, you know, I, but it's, it's, I feel like it's good to get into that deficit and like, just practice that and probably good for the body overall to like, not just always be in a building phase or always in a deficit or something like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at like insulin sensitivity, for example, which is going to have a big impact on your nutrient partitioning and like the amount of the food that we take in this shuttle to muscle versus fast storage, like, and that's like something that we started to do with some of our clients is measure fasting blood glucose and even look at like, that's something I take for myself. Right. That's been like, we've been working with Brandon DeCruz too. I think you have him on the podcast to speak as well. Right. Yep. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's been on, I think five or six times too. So, yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like we've been working with him to just further educate ourselves and like different things like that we've gotten into. And it is cool to see from the health side as well, like how much we can, and even like these things like, okay, so for me, my fasting blood glucose has definitely been on the up and up over the last couple months. Now there's different things that could impact that, right? Like stress levels, um, sleep quality, the way you're training, et cetera. So it's not just to say like, Oh, I saw that go up. I should go into a cut, but it is one thing like we'll see this training up over time. And once we pass a certain threshold, Hey, we probably do want to go through maybe some type of fat loss phase to improve insulin sensitivity, improve overall health. And then you'll probably be able to now again, like this is somewhat debated, like this, we could go down. I don't know if you've heard like Greg Knuckles and like the stronger by science uh, team, like there was like the whole debate about P ratio with mental insulins. Oh yeah. It's somewhat debated, but I do think there's still some validity to it. Um, I also think Brandon could explain that one way better <laughs> than I just did. Uh, I think we actually talked about it on our podcast, but anyways, yeah, I kind of forgot where I was going with that, but yeah, I'm going to start a cut soon. Yeah, no, I mean, you were just basically saying like, there's, it's probably good to go into a cut every, you know, for insulin sensitivity. And, and I agree. I think that it's good to, again, I feel like your body, I feel like our bodies are really good at adapting to whatever we do. So I feel like the longer you do it, you know, especially with building, man, like I just, I personally, I felt, I never felt like terrible, but definitely towards the end. And this could obviously be a lot of different things, but towards the end, I just was like, I just felt like my digestion wasn't as good. I was kind of having to like eat like, you know, this, I was kind of having to eat more like calorie dense foods, like more often. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like that, that's fun, but it also like after a while, it's just like, Oh, you just don't feel as good. So I'm, I'm excited for that. And then even like skin, it's some skin stuff too. Like I was kind of noticing that kind of pop up a little bit as well. And so it's just going to be nice to, you know, focus a little bit more on like quality of, of diet rather than just trying to like get calories in, you know, um, I am curious, you mentioned that you got up to two thirty the last time. And this time you, it was, it was, I think you said like two thirteen. what was, I, I, it sounds like it was really just a difference of coaching and philosophy and whatnot. So, you know, what was the reasoning there where they just, what was it a smaller surplus, less time building? What, what was that? Yeah. So, I mean, basically before we were just focusing on gaining right around 0.5% body weight per week. Right. So, um, which is typically like what you hear thrown out there around building, like, Hey, we need to make sure that we are seeing things consistently gain right around this weight to make sure that we are gaining muscle tissue. And then with Alex, who I'm working with currently, basically his perspective was one for me, I do want to see my physique continue to improve, but I'm a little bit more focused on the business. Um, and basically his perspective was, Hey, if we pull back the amount of training that we're doing a little bit, um, focus more on like stress management, including improving sleep quality, which was a massive thing for me that I've, improved a ton over the last year um then we can probably see a little bit more recomp and basically at least see pretty decent gains while still keeping you a lot leaner than we were before and i'll say like to an extent i was i was impressed the first couple of months with the amount of recomp that i feel like i accomplished especially for like i've been training highly consistently been pretty solid with my nutrition really I had just the sleep and pulling back the overall amount of training I was doing I think were the biggest things um and then from there it's basically just been like hey we've been seeing the logbook continually increase you're feeling good you're looking a little bit more jacked every week so let's not necessarily push the food more than we need to and that's essentially been the approach to it um which I've been I've been okay with I'll say it with my clients as well. I have been a little bit less 
like, hey, we have to see you gaining right at this rate, right? If we see biofeedback is good, if we see like pumps, training performance is good, if your logbook is increasing, which I'd be interested to hear your take here, but really that's one of the, from my perspective, a lot of times if we're seeing, again, like you're feeling good in the gym, recovery is good, energy is good, and we're seeing the logbook consistently increase, I'm not quite as concerned about the weight increasing. I'll say I'll probably kind of follow the middle between the two where like, hey, over the course of the month, we probably do want to see a little bit of an increase to ensure you gain muscle tissue. But I will say I'm a little bit less aggressive with that than I was in the past. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, hundred percent. That, that makes a lot of sense. And, and, and it makes a lot of sense too, that, you know, you talked about your, you know, you worked on sleep, you actually pulled back on training a little bit and, and that kind of gave you a recomp effect, which I think goes to show that like, there's probably a lot of people out there that don't necessarily need to be in like a large surplus to, to reap those benefits. Like I'm sure that right. there's something in terms of stress or how much they're training that probably is going to really pay off. Um, and, and they don't have to be as in big of a surplus or, or really in any surplus. But I, I agree with you. I think that, I think the biggest thing is you just don't want to see your weight, like going down or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Like, like I, I do think that you probably want to see it going up at least a little bit over time, but definitely not going down. So, and, and then, like you said, too, looking at biofeedback, which is super important, you know, like you said, sleep, um, is training performance going up. I mean, if somebody's staying around the same weight, but training performance is improving, they're feeling good. Like, I mean, they're probably building muscle. I don't think they're really leaving. I don't yeah. think getting more food in would necessarily cause them to build more muscle or anything. I think, I feel like those surpluses are probably, sorry, you can go ahead. No, go for it. I was going to say, I think those larger surpluses, which even as you get more advanced, you don't necessarily want a large surplus either, but I don't really, I guess I don't really know what would be the benefit of getting somebody into us or who would benefit most from a large surplus. Cause I know even as you get more advanced, you want to be in a surplus, but you also don't want to be too much in a surplus because you know, you're probably going to see a little bit more fat gain. So I guess really it just comes down to preference and at that point, but that's an interesting question. And I'll say on that as well, like I've still gone from 208 on average to 213 on average. So in the, what it's been six months. So, I mean, still it's right around a pound a month, which is like realistically, am I gaining muscle quicker than that? Probably not, you know? So it's not like there hasn't been any gain at all. That's an interesting question though. From my perspective, I'd be interested to hear your take. I think that someone that is newer and thus has a greater potential to add like more muscle tissue per week and per month. From my perspective, I think it would be make more sense for them to be in a larger surplus because they have the potential for more overall growth and thus will need more recovery resources for that versus someone that's more advanced. I don't know. What's your take on that? But also go ahead. No, I, I, I agree. I don't think I don't think somebody that is that's advanced, I don't think they should probably be in too large a surplus because at that point, yeah, you, like I think on paper, you'd think that that would help them gain more muscle, but it, it's this fine line because I feel like they're so high, they're, you know, their potential, they're, they've reached their potential almost. And so like the room for them to grow is right. they just don't have as much, their body's not going to want to add a ton of muscle. <clears throat> so I feel like for them... <clears throat> Sorry, man. Jeez. I got the same thing right now. You're good. God. Uh, for them, I feel like they, uh, you have to kind of, your body's probably going to prefer more fat gain um, than, than building muscle just because they don't have as much like room to grow essentially. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Your potential growth per week is less. So from my perspective, you need, you wouldn't need as large of a surplus because not as much of that is going to be converted into muscle tissue. I don't know. That's an interesting question. Yeah. And I think I, I honestly too, it probably just comes down to the person as well. Like at the end of the day, you know, and, 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 point, yeah. and, and what they, what they're comfortable with. Um, but I think the big thing though, when it comes down to these surpluses is just don't, or when it comes to building muscle, just get out of a deficit. I think that's the biggest thing. Make sure you're out of it. Oh deficit. yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that's, that's the thing too, is like, I don't know I'm in a deficit. I think that a lot of people will look for like any validation people that have been like trying to get leaner and build muscle at the same time for years will look for any validation that like okay i can still do it when it's like if you've been doing this shit for years and it hasn't been working like just be okay with building for a while i really think that's most people that want to add it muscle that's what most people need to hear so like again like another thing to understand there is like i've definitely still been in surplus i've definitely gained weight so 
I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I also don't want to take anybody to take that piece of it in the wrong way. I'm not like advising somebody that has my training experience to go and try to be calm. Right. Yeah. No. I, yes. Cause then, yeah, then that, that can get down a, a road where they think that then they can be in a deficit and build muscle when that's obviously, you know, so, so I think really the, the take home there is just take some time away from, from being in a deficit, at least for a little bit. Um, cool. I think, I think you hit on everything with your uh, training and anything else or want to move on to the, to the questions. Um, man, let's see. We just brought on another coach, which is that's right. Congrats. Awesome. Thank you, dude. We are super stoked to have Julia on board. She's someone who's been a client of mine for well over a year. I've mentored her so in depth. So uh, I'm stoked to finally have her on the team because it was something I was hoping she would be wanting to do for quite a while. So that's been awesome. Um, past that, I don't think I have anything else to do. Let's get into these questions. Cool. No, man. Again, congrats on that. That's cool. Second, second coach now on the team. So obviously you guys are growing as, as, as a company. So that's, that's really cool to see. Um, I remember when it was uh, just you. So <laughs> yeah, dude, it's been, it's crazy to see, man. It's, it's wild to like the other day. I was, it is so weird to like, think we have four people now. Yeah. Just because it seems like, I feel like as an entrepreneur, I feel like time goes by so slowly, but at the same time, so fast, like, yeah, like two years ago, it seems like it was like six years ago. And it's crazy to like, look back at like where you were and what you wanted then. I'm like, Oh shit. I feel like it's hard. I struggle sometimes with actually stopping and appreciating stuff like that. So it is super cool to like sit back and think like, and there's four people on our team now. And it's so cool that we've been able to help enough people to like grow to that extent. Yeah, man. No, no, that's awesome. And, and speaking of one of those people, they, they actually did ask a question here uh, to start this off. So uh, got a question from Jody. She said, she wanted to know if you've made any gains on your calves. I knew that this is what <laughs> I knew exactly what this question was going to be. Uh, no, Jody, I have not. <laughs> Thank you for asking. This is one of our rules on our team calls is like, we want feedback. Any feedback is good, except for you can't bring up my calves. Jody, all, Jody always that's what, Jody always brings up my calves. So thank you for asking that, Jody. No, I still have very small calves. So I, I mean, hey, calves are pretty genetic, right? So you know, you do have that. Going, you know, you do have that going for you. I, I don't know what your calves look like, so I I can't say anything here. Have you ever watched Entourage before? The show Entourage on HBO? Yeah, I have a little bit. The one of the guys on there like was super into calves for a little bit and he got calf implants. So, Hey, you know, I've seen the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I like <laughs> always that. Um, Thank you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Uh, anyway. So uh, I did get uh, some questions from Zach. Uh, obviously I think, I think, you know, Zach by now, I think he asked some questions on your podcast too, but mm-hmm. he, he asked, uh, what are some of your 2022 goals? Oh man. I will say, I always like to divide this into body being balanced business. And really, this is what I'm working through this week because within the next week, I want to set up like something with our clients where we're all kind of, so you'll probably see this in the Facebook group as well, where we're all kind of setting goals. I really like to set it as far as end of the year goals and then break it down to, okay, just so to become that. So kind of like, I like to visualize and journal about, this is getting kind of foo-foo, but normally we just talk about training and nutrition, but this is how I like to go about it. I really like to take some time and just sit down and think about, okay, like where do I want to be this time next year? Right. What do I want to accomplish physically, mentally, where do I want to be? What does that look like? Right. And then from there, then break that down to, okay. So that person's actions, how are they different? Like what does his day-to-day look like? How are those things different than how I'm acting right now? Which I think is a very helpful thing for people to look at us. Like we all have this idea of this future self in our heads but it's so easy to be like, okay, in like three months, I'm going to be hella disciplined. But then when it comes to like, okay, so I need to, so for me, for example, one of the things I came up with, I realized was I have to be better with meal prep, like to be as efficient and as jacked as I want to be. I can't be in this place where it's like, well, fuck, I have 10 minutes. I don't have time to cook. So I'm just going to like eat some tortillas and drink some protein shakes. I'm like, call that good, right? Like I have to, I have to have three meals. Like one of the things I literally came up with was just like, okay, that dude has to have at least three meals prepped for every day of the week. Right. Now I think a lot of people will like realize that, but then when it comes to time, meal prep, it's like, ah, in three months, I'll be disciplined enough to do that, but not right now. Right. And the thing to understand is like, until you start acting like that person, you don't become that person. So I really think like, if you can just look at the gap in actions, first and foremost, that's so helpful. Um, and then from there, I typically like to break it down into 
90 days. So basically quarterly goals and primary things you want to accomplish. So honestly, for me, dude, the biggest thing right now that I have this dream of is in a year, we have a house with this dope ass giant garage slash building that's not attached where the garage gym now is turned into basically a gym and all our clients, all our coaches can get together. We have meetups like every six months, everybody's just lifting together. We can grill. Our team is putting on like educational seminars and stuff. Everybody can just like hang out in Scottsdale for a couple of days and we can lift and really like build more community there. For me, like getting to that point is like one of the things I'm so stoked about right now. And I really want to make happen. Um, a year is definitely a push for that, but I think we can make it happen. So a lot of my goals are really around business. And then I will say primarily like with my body to break it into those quadrants of the body. Um, it basically comes back to, I want to get ready for a photo shoot, get ready for that within the next 90 days. And then just continue to get more jacked. But I'll say past that, like really, again, my primary focus is on continuing to improve our coaching service. And really within the next year for gym pop, for women in the general population and mom specifically, because that is really who we've seen to work very, very well with be the best one-on-one coaching service in the space. I think there's like great services out there as far as coaching goes for like bodybuilders or all these advanced populations. But I really think when we get down to like the general population, there's a big gap there where there's not very many people that are like giving the level of service that that population deserves. So I want to be the the best in the industry as far as that goes. And then like us continuing to build that, continuing to get people great results. Of course, like there's financial goals and things like that to tie into that, to be able to like be in that place where we have this building so we can get everybody together. But honestly, I'll say like from a 2022 goal perspective, like from the, my own spirituality, I think that it's, as of now, it's basically just doing a better job managing my headspace. So for me, that all kind of comes down to my morning routine. Basically for me, it's learning at least 30 minutes every morning, journaling every morning, going on a walk every morning before I do anything like check email or social media. I know that like this last year, one of the things I didn't do as well was manage that. And I really think like how you manage your headspace has such a big impact on how the rest of the day goes. And But again, like for me, I feel like all of this ties into, um, and for my, like the relationship side of that, because I said body being balanced business, we can t- I'll talk about like a lot there, but I don't want to share it here. Uh, but all that kind of ties into then for me, it's primarily geared towards like that vision that I painted as far as like all our clients meet up. And we have just this dope gym where we can like put on all these free events for like our clients and just like connect with people more. Cause that, I don't know, for me, that just gets me so stoked to think about. So that's really my, my primary focus on creating. But again, it comes back to then like, okay, our coaching company, like continuing to build, continuing to educate ourselves. So we're the best coaches in this realm. So we can continue to get people better results and help more people. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I remember when we went to uh, Arizona, I know you're kind of, you're kind of bringing that up about how that's kind of something you wanted to do. You want to have like this gym where, where people came like, like, you know, people in the fitness industry and whatnot. And that's the first time I've heard you bring it up since then. So it's, it's good to hear that, you know, that's obviously something that yeah. you still are, are looking at doing. Um, would this be something that would this require you to get another house and then have this space or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so you're, so you're, goal, but yeah, yeah. So you're looking for something that is attached and basically it's, it's a gym. Like it would just have, you know, just... I would say ideally a detached, like a detached metal building. So there's yeah. these houses that we've been looking at have these super garages. And I've told like everybody I know about this cause it's so dope, which, all right. So I spent a huge amount of time on the road website in the past, just looking at road gym equipment and the inside of them looks like the road warehouse where they like take the pictures of all their equipment is so dope. And the inside of these garages looks exactly like that. It's like this just giant building. So um, that's basically the vision. 
That's awesome. And then, and speaking of your uh, home gym, I mean, that, that thing's pretty much, I mean, that, that started during COVID, right. And then all of a sudden, I yeah. guess it is it, almost like a tattoo. You got one and then you're just like, all right, I'm going to keep building this freaking thing. <laughs> yeah. With the home gym, I was, I kept finding myself like during COVID, I was pissed off because I was like, well, like, this is just bullshit. This is out of my control, but the gyms are closed and I have to do this bullshit with bands and uh, nothing wrong with training with bands, but not my favorite thing to do personally. And we could, we could, we could talk about that as well, but I don't think we need to go down that rabbit hole. No, I agree. Um, and I, I found myself being really pissed off. Like this is just like out of my control. And I was like, well, is it really out of my control? Like, am I just going to sit here and bitch or am I going to do something to actually take back control of the situation? So for me, it was like, well, I can either complain about this or I can like say, I'm going to start buying gym equipment. And then it was like, yeah, this actually does like save me a lot of time. I enjoy it. But then also I kind of have like with stuff and all or nothing where it's like, it really bothers me if it's like, okay, I have this piece of equipment, but I know this one is way better. So then it like definitely, it definitely escalated quite a bit. Um, but I mean, it works well again with like what I talked about before. We already are going to be set with some pretty solid equipment when we get to like that bigger warehouse type thing. So yeah, but yeah, it came from COVID. <laughs> Cool, man. No, that, that's cool to hear all your goals. Uh, it sounds like, uh, obviously, you know, you got a lot of, a lot of things up in the works and, and I do, I like that you brought up the, you know, helping the, the gen pop. Cause like you said, there's a lot of really good services for, like you said, more advanced people, but really the people that probably need to help the most are the gen pop, you know, the, mm-hmm. the general population. And, and so that, that's cool to see. Uh, I never, you know, I, people, I think assume that I coach like bodybuilders, but I just, I never got into it. And I just don't think that I would be good at that. Like, I don't have any like competitors or anything like that on my, on my, like for my clients or anything like that. I I just, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, but I I don't know if I would enjoy like coaching that, that crowd. Um, I don't know. Uh, it definitely takes, I think you have to be very passionate about bodybuilding to be a good bodybuilding coach. And again, I, I feel like from my perspective, like, I know we, I know we've talked about this before as well, but like, if you're not doing something to be, which this is very debatable, but like how I see it from like what we do as a business, if we're not doing it to be the best in the world at it, then like, what are we doing? Right? Like, what's the point when you know, somebody could be getting a better service elsewhere. And I know we've even like talked about in the past with like business mentorships where it's like, dude, I'm not the best person to like with people I've talked about that with this, like, I'm not the best person to help you. You're like, these people are doing it better than me. It's like, I can't mentor you in that capacity. Like other people can. So like, you're better served here. Um, so like, yeah, I, I feel like same thing with like bodybuilding. I think you have to be very, very passionate about it. And again, that's a whole nother, like then understanding like pharmacology and how all these different drugs interact and whatnot. I think that that's definitely something that you have to, and I think you have to go like very hard in like that specific niche as well. Yeah, no, you, you definitely do. I, I will say, I think with them though, like they, it definitely, I feel like you get good and this isn't what it's all about, but you definitely get good before and afters there with that because of like, you know, people are like, they come, they come into you, they're like, and then they get super lean. And I think that's what people kind of, so there, there's that, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like having to go to shows, things like that, it just wouldn't be something that, that I would. It's definitely like a, it's a lifestyle yeah. for sure. Especially like going to the shows every weekend. But yeah, you're right. Like with bodybuilding clients, it is a lot of times, like we were talking about this off air as well. Like, like you as a client, for example, it's basically, all right, dude, here's the plan for this week. You say, cool. All right. I'm going to go do it. And you go, go do it. And every week for months, you just hit the plan. Right. So from one end, it is super cool to like, yeah, you can absolutely get great transformations like that. But again, it's definitely a different population where there's like so many other people out there that need help as well. Um, anyways, dude, what are your goals for 2022? Um, <laughs> no, you said you're going to propose, didn't you? <laughs> hey, you got to be careful. All right. <laughs> um, uh, get a dog. Yeah, I get it. Well, I, I think like I told you off air, that's probably going to happen no matter what. So, um, kind of like you, the, the relationship thing, you know, we'll, we'll keep that, we'll keep that off air. But, uh, as far as like other things go, just, to, just a few things, obviously I'm with you. I want to keep growing the business, right? Like that's, that's important. I, I kind of, like I said to you off air, I want to keep kind of fine tuning my message. And like, like I said, uh, I, am really starting to die. like really get into like metabolism, you know, um, you know, things that happen when people try to lose fat, you know, like energy balance is something that just made, like, I'm just super interested in kind of like mm-hmm. I said off air, like biomechanics isn't, 
like it's cool and I think it's good to know, but it's not something I'm super passionate in. So I'm trying to like, you know, I got my master's in nutrition. So like, I'm really kind of trying to like niche towards that. But as far as other things go, like I want to get my, uh, I want to get this podcast up over, um, a certain number in terms of downloads. I get to show, I'll say numbers. Like I want to try to get it over eight to 10,000 a month. Um, I think that would be a cool, um, little goal. Uh, and then I do, as far as business goes, obviously same way as you, I'm taking that, um, I just want to keep like making my coaching service the best that there is. Right. Um, and one of the steps I'm taking there is I want to do that Sam Miller. Oh, I am doing the Sam Miller, uh, uh, course. And obviously, you know, courses aren't going to like all of a sudden make you this amazing coach, right? Like it's, it's a combination of things, but I feel like that's going to add more tools to my toolbox that I'll be able to use to help serve my clients. And then lastly, same as you, like, as far as physique goes, it's, I don't have any plans to do a show or anything, but I'm going to do a photo shoot. Um, like we talked about, uh, and then from there, just keep getting jacked. Like, just keep trying to get as jacked as I can. Uh, I don't really have like a goal of like, I want to be this, or I want to, I don't have, a. I would like to compete again at some point, but really not, not anytime soon. Potentially. I, I should say potentially, I, I think it would be cool to do it again at some point. Let's put it this way. I'm not saying it, it I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but kind of like we talked about in our check-in this week, I, I just, to get that lean, it, it takes a lot. And I think I'm at the yeah. point where I don't know if I'm, I'm right now. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go to the level that I would need to get to. And so, you know, you can call that what it is, but I just don't want to make those sacrifices that I need to, to, to get there. Um, Cause it is, I mean, even doing the photo shoot, you know, I thought I was a lot leaner than, than what I was. And, you know, I'd have to get even leaner than that, you know, and it's just like, right. you really have to make a ton of sacrifices to get that lean. Um, and then lastly, this is kind of not fitness related. I do. My goal this year is to finally get a house. I need to get one. And so that's, that's on the list uh, this year. So I love it, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that is 2022. Um, no, uh, no warehouse or anything like that though, for me, man, but that sounds amazing. And definitely whenever we come back down to Arizona, definitely want to check that thing out. Um, so Zach did have another question and it was how often to adjust calories when massing, um, if, if weight stagnant. So, you know, basically he's just asking like, how often would you, would you make that change if, if weight is, is staying about the same? Yeah. So this really ties into what we discussed before. Um, so, I mean, typically, how I look at it is over the course of three to four weeks, we want to see you gaining about 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight per week on average. Again, like I think the more advanced you are, anyone like more intermediate to advanced, honestly, I'll typically lean more towards that 0.25, like towards the lower end of that. So again, like let's say you are a hundred pound person, right? Like over the course of a month, basically we want to see you up about a pound on average. If you're a 200 pound person, probably up about two pounds on average, right? I think I did that math correctly. This is something that I always have to like pull up my calculator quick when I'm working through check-ins. That's um, what I always, that's what I always do too. <laughs> um, but anyway, so basically we want to be adjusting your macros around that, right? So, and again, like I will say, like, as I said before, with my rate of gain that I've taken with my coach, I wouldn't necessarily take the same approach with somebody I was working with. I would probably honestly be a little bit more aggressive. And I think you're, I think you're in a similar boat to where I'm at, I'm at there. Um, but basically I would look at, okay, if you're not, if you're not gaining, we know you're hitting your macros consistently and we're in this place where I would say, honestly, regardless, if you're not gaining and it's been three weeks, I would, bump macros, I would say somewhere between week two and week three. And the weekly averages haven't increased. I think it's important to look at weekly averages here as well. But if the weekly average weight hasn't increased, then I would typically bump calories by 100, 250, depending on the size of the individual. Typically, that's going to be almost exclusively from carbohydrates. And again, it depends. Like um, We can only bump carbs so high before we know that like, okay, more of our overall protein intake is probably going to be coming from these trace, like trace proteins from carbs, which is going to have worse bioavailability. So every now and then like we'll often bump protein by like 10 grams as well. I would say for like maybe every hundred grams of carbs that we increase is not a huge amount by any means, but most of the time that's going to come almost exclusively from carbs. Unless I'm also seeing like, Hey, this client is really having trouble, like keeping their fat as low as we have it set. 
to hit their overall calorie goal, then sometimes I'll increase fat a little bit as well. But I'll definitely bias carbs there. But basically what I would say is, again, I would like, hey, if after two to three weeks, we're not seeing the rate of gain that we want on average, like average out across those three weeks, then we're going to bump by 100 to 150 per day, bias carbs there. Hey, give it another week. Did we increase at the desired rate this week? Yes or no? If no, I would, again, probably add another 100 calories. If yes, cool. Keep rolling along at the same intake. And again, I would just go from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I think you explained that perfectly. I feel like if I added anything to that, that would just make it more confusing than it, than it needs to be. I think really just if it's been two, three, four weeks, it's like, all right, you gotta, you gotta move up. Cause the goal, you know, the goal is, is to, you do, you do want to gain over time, right? You're trying to build muscle. Right. One thing that I will say too, and I know you noticed this with myself and I've noticed it with other clients that I've ran through is uh, it is tricky because I feel like with building it's, it's weird where like, and I know my weight did this a lot where like it stayed the same for like three weeks at a time. And then all of a sudden it just shot up right that mm-hmm. one week. And then the average, yeah. the average ends up being, so I'm, I'm wondering if that's, that's something that might ha- happen a little bit more often when you're in a building phase compared to a, uh, when you're cutting. So there's that too, but I think this comes down to what you want ultimately. Like if you have trouble building muscle or you've always been kind of a leaner person, I think you, you really need to f- push towards making increases. Um, but if you're somebody that does struggle with like weight gain, then you probably can, or, you know, you can probably, you probably don't have to be as aggressive, but again, you do want to see that, that going up over time. Um, I was going to say if you're somebody who wants to stay leaner, but again, I feel like if that's already your goal, when you're trying to build, that's, you're kind of already running into some issues there. You know what I mean? So I agree. I think typically, typically the questions like this, I found it almost always comes from someone who is, has been trying to stay too lean and that's almost always the problem. So yeah, I, I, definitely, I, I, that's a very good insight. I would say like, if you're going into the building phase with the goal of staying as lean as possible, it's probably not going to be a productive building phase. And, and we know, we know that, I mean, fat loss, like for some people, there's a challenge, but for most people, especially if you're trying to build, I think you probably have pretty decent history in terms of fat loss. So, you know, you can get it, you can do right. it, and, and it and it's much easier to do. Right. So I, I would always caution on, on probably just pushing it up. If, if things are, are stagnating, just, just to, just to be safe. Um, cool. And then, so, uh, same, same person, uh, just kind of basically off of this though, uh, favorite things slash recipes slash items to eat when massing, um, or cutting too. So e- either option there. So I don't know if there's like your favorite type of food or thing that you would have. So just like, what is my favorite food? <laughs> I would say like, what are some things that you like to add in for like people when they're massing? Um, and then like, maybe what are, what's something that you would probably have more so like when somebody's cutting, um, if you can't gotcha. think of anything, I, I, I have some things, but, but go, go ahead. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, in the building phase, typically the problem we'll run into is I'm struggling to get in the amount of carbs that I need. So here, then we can look to now, Keep in mind, like, this is a specific context, right? But this is where we can also be fun because then we can get into, okay, quick digesting carb sources, right? So, I mean, from the quote-unquote cleaner end of the spectrum, I think that rice cakes, honey, and then, like, more nutrient-dense juices, like pomegranate juice, for example, which is going to be packed with nitrates. It's going to be great for your pumps. Like, that's what I drink after a workout, typically. Um, Rice cakes and honey are very easy ones that are like fast digesting carbs. Honey specifically is a super easy carb source. Cause like the volume is so low for the amount of carbs you get. And then prunes are great. Like prunes, solid source of fiber, um, help you poop. People, people typically think of them as an old person food for what, at least I, yeah. I know I always have, but actually like prunes are great, dude. I eat, I eat a bunch of prunes and also it's like, like five prunes, which is basically the size of a grape is like 26 grams of carbs. So like, if we want to get like a relatively nutrient dense food, um, a carb dense food, but also very carb dense for a relatively low volume, those are good options. And then of course, like if we're really like pushing carbs and we need something that is quick digesting, then we can get into things like cereals and pop tarts. I'm a big fan of s'mores pop tarts and the brown sugar frosted pop tarts are both great options. Um, now on the flip side, then when we go into fat loss, so then it would be the question of like, Hey, what are foods that we can add to get more volume? Correct. That's basically what he's asking. Pretty much. Yeah. 
Okay. So I'll say, I have to say like the fat loss side of it is a little bit less fun than yeah. boring the building, than the building side of it. I mean, basically in a fat loss phase, one of the most common things that I'm going to add for clients is, Hey, can we get a big ass salad or a potato daily? Right? Like when we're looking at somebody that's struggling with hunger and we've worked through all the typical, like, Hey, are you getting plenty of protein? Are you getting a good amount of fruits and veggies with each meal? Like, are we getting a good amount of fiber? And then typically the first thing we'll look to is like, Hey, can we add a big ass salad with some protein on it, which is going to be a lot of volume. We're going to have a good amount of protein and a good amount of fiber. I, of course, like we want a lean protein source, something that has low fat content, like those two elements, the lean protein and the fiber are going to be very filling for calorie or again, a potato that isn't turned into like French fries. So basically think like some variation of a baked potato, right? If we look at the satiety index of foods, the single most filling food per calorie is going to be a potato, which is interesting because a lot of people now, again, like if we turn into French fries or potato chips, like that's different and it's not going to be nearly as filling due to like the combination of the salt and the oils, et cetera, alongside that. But it's interesting. Like I know I've had clients start coaching with me and who said like, Hey, my, my last diet, I wasn't allowed to eat potatoes. It's like, what? Like, that's crazy. That's literally, that's literally the most <laughs> filling food you could eat, like in its natural form. Why would you avoid that? It's only going to make your diet easier. So I'll say like, those are typically where I start. And then from there, I mean, there's things like cauliflower rice, for example, we can plug in in exchange for like typical rice. If we're really like, I know on my last mini cut where I was only eating at like 1500 calories a day, like that was one of the things that I went pretty hard on, but basically like this side of it isn't as fun or like different low calorie sauces and condiments. So for example, like the G Hughes barbecue sauce, whereas typically the barbecue sauce is going to have like 120 calories. It has like 10 calories per serving. Yep. Um, fat free, like a fat free vinaigrette for those big ass salads is solid. Frank's red hot. They have a zero calorie version that a lot of times I would use with like a lean ground ground turkey or ground chicken and make kind of like a buffalo chicken type thing and like mix it, make it into a lettuce wrap. Um, that's something to recommend to clients quite a bit as well. I'd say from like fat loss foods, those are the main things that come to mind. What about you? I'm interested to hear your thoughts on those. Yeah, those were all really good. You, you, you definitely hit on a lot of my cutting ones. Like for example, the the potatoes, <clears throat> that's one that I'll definitely start. Like, for example, I started fat loss yesterday and I'm, or I, I definitely cut back on potatoes a little bit, but now I already had some potatoes last night because dude, they are they're just so filling. Um, you know, people try to say that, you know, carbs make you fat, but I don't think they've ever had potatoes, like plain potatoes, (laughs) right? Like that, that's, I think, I think that's a problem is is people will like, they'll end up doing baked potatoes or something, but then they put like cheese and like sour cream and stuff on it. It's like, well, that, that obviously you're adding, adding some, um, uh, calorie dense foods there or food options there to it. But as far as cutting goes, I mean, you pretty much hit it. I don't know if there's anything else on there that I, I would add. Um, I would say one change that I'll, that I will probably make, um, is, uh, switch out regular milk at some point and probably go towards like an almond milk. Um, yeah. I, I, I hate to cut out milk, but it's just, at some point it becomes like, it, it's really drinking your calories is just something you, that just, it, it's, doesn't, it's not helpful when you are trying to cut. Um, so yeah. probably switch into almond milk and, and that's like what I think like 30 calories for a cup. Um, and yeah. for me, that's better than using plain water for like a protein shake or something like that. So, yeah. um, that'll probably be something, uh, but as far as massing goes, like you kind of hit on it, like pop tarts, cereals. <sighs> um, I think people get both of these kind of mixed up. I feel like with massing, they try to, a lot of people try to like fill up with too many, like nutrient dense foods when they're massing. And then you have the opposite where people try to cut on too many, as many flexible foods. Yeah. And it like, you end up like what happens to each of those is like, you end up when you're massing, you end up just getting so much food, you can't freaking eat. So then these people run into issues, right? I I can't gain weight, but it's like, we probably have to change your food choices. And then same thing with cutting, you know, cutting is hard. Like it's not easy, but once you kind of figure out food volume, like you talked about, like it does become a little bit easier and too many people try to fit in too many tasty foods. And then you end up eating like a bird essentially. And then you're super hungry all the time. Your energy goes to shit, your training sucks. And that's where people, you know, get themselves into trouble. And then they do that for too long. Um, so yeah, kind of a side tangent there, but those would, that, that, that's kind of a big thing there. Um, with that, I think that people even like in fat loss phase fuck themselves over by 
just not even going into it with a plan. Like I posted about this yesterday, but like anytime I go into a cut and for most of the clients that we work with and they're going into cuts, I almost always recommend people like make themselves almost like a meal plan where like yeah. what I'll do is I'll just on Sunday. Okay. I'm going to plan out my day for Monday. I'm going to make sure that it's my macros and my nutrient time. Goals. Then I'm going to prep that day times six. Right. So I know for the rest of the week, now the beauty of tracking macros is that you like, if something comes up, like if Katie wants to work in a couple of glasses of wine, cool. I'm tracking macros. I can swap out this food with the wine and I'm good. But like with that, then it's literally like, cause so many people, and again, like this is something that we're always very on top of with our clients because it's so easy to fall into this. And I think that like it screws over a lot of people and it like, it makes, it's a lot harder to track as accurately because if you're always eating random foods, you're probably going to forget what you ate. There's going to be more room for measurement error if you're constantly eating a variety of foods. Um, so like with that, then it's basically, okay, I can literally just eat what I ate yesterday. Like, Hey, what did I eat for breakfast yesterday? Cool. I'm going to eat that again. What did I eat for lunch yesterday? Cool. I'm going to eat that again. I didn't even have to think about it. I just hit my macros. Right. And I think that like, that's something people will make a little bit too complex or just like, don't take 15 minutes to plan it out when it's, you can make fat loss infinitely easier. If you just make this, like, I call it a flexible diet meal plan for yourself. It just makes your life so much easier. But yeah. And finally, one of my, on a different note, one of my other go-tos in speaking of potatoes, one of my other go-tos in a fat loss space is always lean ground beef. So like a 96 to 97% ground beef on top of a sweet potato, but it's got like sloppy Joe seasoning in it. So like if you put in some mustard, which is a zero calorie condiment, a little bit of ketchup and just a little bit of brown sugar, like 10 calories worth per like a pound of ground beef. It basically tastes like sloppy Joe's and it's super good on top of a sweet potato. Um, so it's like different, like typically beef on top of a sweet potato. You can also turn it into like a hamburger where you like literally cook the sweet potato, like hamburger patties. Uh, I don't like to get too cute with shit like that. So normally if we eat that, that's like, because Katie made that, but, um, I just throw that in the microwave and smash it up as far as the potato goes. But anyways, um, I think that's all I got on that. No, no, no. That, those are good. That, that, that did give me some ideas because now I, I, I feel like I need to share at least a couple one thing, and you kind of brought up like the ground turkey. One thing that I love during a cut is definitely like a taco bowl, like a, like, you know, a taco salad type bowl. Cause again, like you kind of talk about that big salad. Right. And so that is something that, one. that I like to use during that time. And it tastes good. Right. I mean, who, who doesn't like, you know, like tacos and stuff, but definitely during a fat loss phase, you do probably have to unfortunately take out the, the actual tacos. I may be able to fit like one taco in and then like the rest be yeah. a taco salad, but for, for the most part. And then during massing, I freaking love tacos. I, I think they're great for I'm when, a you're, taco guy. when you're trying to, when you're, <laughs> when you're trying to, uh, uh, get more calories. in. um, I was going to say one other thing, um, on that. Hopefully, hopefully it comes to me real quick before I, before I move on. Um, and it's gone, but what were we talking about before, uh, the, the, the food you were talking about, um, like the flexible dieting meal plan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Good. So for me, I do it a little bit differently. Now I wouldn't recommend this, but this is something that I've noticed, you know, I kind of told you in the, in the check-in that like, for me, the first couple of days of like, when I, when my calorie switch, I go into a new phase, it's always kind of a, I, I still always have my base in terms of like how many meals I'm going to eat per day and like what my breakfast is. It's usually pretty much the same. And then from there, like, for example, every morning I'm going to have oatmeal. I just do that because it's easy. It, it gets me foundation from day to day. And then I'll make a small change to it where like, I'll cut back on, on the serving size of it. Right. But then the rest sure. of the day, like I know I'm going to have five, like five meals, right. I'm going to have my breakfast, pre-workout, post-workout dinner, and then a protein shake at night. And like, I feel like, but from there yesterday, I did a lot of like kind of trial and error, right. Yesterday was a little bit more of a macro Tetris day as you would call it. But now I kind of know like the amount of food today will probably be somewhat similar to that. And then as I go through this week, now I'll know like what types of foods I need to get. So for me, like that works best for me, but you know, for some people I do, for most people, I do think that it's good to have some plan or some type of like, you need to have some plan or some type of structure to your nutrition from, from day to day. And I mean, it's okay to like do what you said and take a week to kind of figure out, Hey, I enjoy this. I don't want to eat this every day. Um, so, I don't, but basically, I think you're going to turn it into more or less the same thing. Where, like, after this week, you know, after these first couple of days, you know what foods you want to work in, and then it's basically I'm probably going to rinse and repeat this until I get tired of this meal, and then I'll plug in something else here, and so on and so forth. 
Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Just, and just make the small changes like that. Yeah. I, I know last time uh, when, when I cut uh, for the photo shoot, I remember, you know, protein was definitely one that was a challenge to consistently get in. And I remember I had to add in a lot of like beef jerky to my meals where it was like, I had my course, my regular meal, but then I would always have to add in a little bit of extra like beef jerky mm-hmm. for um, protein, but you have to be careful with beef jerky because low key, like it is, I feel like the serving sizes are really small and the carbs can add up kind of quickly too, if you're not careful with it. So yeah. be careful with that. Yeah. Um, cool. Let's go on to the, to the next question. So this actually came in a while back, but as a coach, are there important markers, uh, that you monitor for clients? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, typically for our clients, I mean, there's basically this is your job as a coach, right. Is monitoring various things like this. So, I mean, for our clients, typically on a daily, we're going to, of course, be looking at things like weight, we're going to dig into biofeedback. So things like hunger, hours of sleep, energy levels, and then training performance and recovery. And then from there, we'll do it. this somewhat depends on the client, but I mean, and a lot of this is meeting your client where you're at, where they're at. So like sometimes we'll dig into things like motivation to train. Sometimes we'll be looking at things like some people will add to their tracker digestion. Some people will add things like, Hey, we want you reading a book for five minutes every night before you go to bed or like the amount of alcohol you're consuming. Maybe we're going to set a goal of like keeping it to two nights or less per week of drinking. Right. So I would say some of it is like, there are these foundational things on a daily basis. Typically again, we'll look at hunger, energy levels, training performance and recovery ability, um, body weight pretty consistently. Of course, we're monitoring macros on a daily level as well, along with the actual clients numbers in the logbook. Then typically in the weekly, weekly check-in, we'll dive a little bit deeper into things like motivation, cravings, mood, just, and even things like, Hey, where are you at in your menstrual cycle? Which again, of course, depends on the client. So we can get a good feel overall for it. But I think like a big piece of, again, a big piece of coaching is being able to look at all these different pieces of biofeedback and adjust the program around that, right? Like, Hey, I see your cravings are a little bit higher this week and motivation is a little bit lower. Tell me a little bit more about that, right? Like what's going on here? What do you think could potentially be causing this? Cause then that's where we like, Hey, maybe we do need to take a diet break, right? Or like, Hey, motivation is a little bit lower, right? Maybe it's time for, so I know for me as a coach, I need to revisit the goal and like how, we're, what we're doing right now ties into what area they want to be three months from now. So really those are the biggest things that we monitor. And then past that again, I think like things with all clients, you come up like our clients, we start with a very similar track for every one of our clients, but over time they start to look a lot different, right? Where some people, again, were modern these things like, Hey, did you journal last night? Where's your digestion at? How much alcohol have you had this week, et cetera. Um, steps are another one that we monitor every day as well, but yeah. Well, do you have anything to add to that? You, you literally just hit on it. I was like, I don't think he said anything about, about steps. Um, but yeah, track, track and activity. Is, is, is super important. Right. But no, I, I agree. I, I like all those ones you brought up that like you have kind of have your base, like that you're going to ask pretty much everyone, but then over time you kind of change it for, for the client. Right. Cause for example, you know, maybe like you said, somebody is trying to work on alcohol intake, like you're not going to track that for everybody. Right. Unless it specifically right. is something that they, that they need to, to work on. So um, I think you, I think you really hit on everything there. Again, I was, I was going to try to come in and, and uh, provide something useful in terms of the steps, but you, you got that one right there at the end. Um, which to me, man, I, I do think that that's a big one. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. like, I, I don't know about you. Do you run into this issue though? Like sometimes I get like, and, and I think this comes down to me trying to explain it better and getting better at explaining like why and, and the why behind it. But do you sometimes get some like pushback on like the steps from, from people like, why am I doing this? What's the point of this type of thing? Or, I know again, probably communication is, is key. And if, if the client is kind of having that, like I, I need to be a better communicator at it, but do you ever have someone that kind of pushes back on, on the step side of things? So from one end, I always try to set, set, set step goals where they're pretty reasonable. So before I increase anybody's step goal, I'll always ask like, Hey, so from one end, what we do rather than decreasing your calories, we could actually increase the amount of calories that you're burning. Right. So I'm thinking we could bump your step goal from 7K to 9K. Does that sound doable for you? So on one end, I think with step goals, like it's rare that I'm just ramping those way up unless I think it's super realistic for somebody to hit it. 
But on the other end, typically how I'll approach this is, and this is very like something that we'll see very commonly is people have track their calories, but not track their steps. So I'll typically explain it as kind of like a, Hey, this is kind of like us looking at the amount of calories you have coming in, but not the amount of calories that you're spending or the amount of money you have coming in, but not the amount of money that you're spending on a daily basis when we're trying to hit the savings goal. Right? So like the reality is like, if you were trying to save aggressively, you wouldn't just look at the amount of money coming in. You would also like be, keep a very tight eye on the amount you're spending. Same thing happens here. Like we see a lot of people who have like followed a quote unquote diet or track their macros with consistency, but still couldn't see results. And a lot of times that's because in your body's actually in the battery of the amount of movement that you're doing when we diet because your body doesn't necessarily want you to lose fat. So it's going to do less pacing, fidgeting, blinking, et cetera. So the best thing we can do to kind of offset that decrease in movement and make sure you get to your end results as quickly as possible is to have you track steps, right? Because we don't want to see that decrease over time. I'll, a lot of, I'll typically explain that if somebody like is struggling with a step goal and also just like all, because this is one where I think if you just arbitrarily wrap it up without like explaining that and also making sure it's actually doable for the client, they won't typically I'll lay it out as like, again, all right. So like if you're at a fat loss plateau, for example, we could either increase cal- increase steps or cardio, we could decrease calories, or we could do a combination of both. Here's how I see like either of those three options playing out, which of these sounds most appealing to you. And then typically if the client is like, hey, this is the one I can do, I can for sure hit the step goal. There's not really any experience issues with it um, that I've seen. Yeah. And, and I guess maybe what I was thinking is more so like there's I think a lot of people think that the only way to do it is if they go for dedicated, like 45 minute walks or something like that. Right. And I think that's the one that again, comes down to me explaining, but again, I think they don't, people don't realize that like, this is something that you can accumulate throughout the day. It doesn't have to be this, like, Mm -hmm. you have to go on this like long walk to get your cardio. in. and I think that's probably where the resistance comes in is like, it's almost, it almost can be too easy in a way. And so I think that might be some of it as well. It's not like that, like, yeah, you know, that, 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 hard, that hard cardio that, that you normally w- would do. Um, but no, that, that's a good explanation. I like that, you know, giving them options uh, because it, I mean, it, technically it really is option, right? Like if somebody is trying to cut weight, like really you just have to give them options of like, Hey, we can make, we can do this. We can either cut calories or, you know, just giving them those options I think is, is helpful because again, then that gives them a sense of like, you know, they're taking, they're the ones that are making the choice rather than you being like, yeah. get your steps up. Right. Cause then at that yeah, point, exactly. there probably is going to be a little bit more resistance there from, from a lot of people. Um, one other thing that I did think about that I, that I do like to monitor. Um, and again, this doesn't like make a huge change in terms of like how I program and stuff, but just like tracking, like muscle soreness, like just seeing where people are getting sore at more. Again, I, I like it because I think it does tell us a decent amount of like, okay, maybe we're doing a little bit too much for a certain body part, maybe not enough. And saying that you have to also take it with some context too, because for example, things like your hamstrings and like just certain muscle groups are going to be more likely to get sore anyways. Um, but I do feel like that that's a decent thing to monitor in terms of like, Hey, what, what are some, what were some of your, like, like how sore did you get this week? What were some of those muscles that, that did get sore um, in the week? How, yeah. do, you, do you, do you track anything like that? I mean, we have, so we have pump and disruption okay, and it depends on the client. Like I know for you, I have pump and disruption, but I don't think you ever fill it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that depends on the client. Very similar to what you said there. Like I have some clients where, and there's a decent amount of clients on our team where it's like, Hey, this isn't necessarily the most important thing that's, I don't want to overwhelm them with shit to track. Yeah. I don't think this is necessary for us. I'll say like for some of my more, my more advanced clients, you're a good example of this for every movement within their training. I'll also have like great pump and disruption, low, medium, high, not the end all be all, but like if we got a pretty good pump and a pretty good disruption from the movement, we can assume that a, your technique and your execution of the movement is probably in a pretty good place. Um, and also that you're probably getting something by the way of, also growth stimulus from that movement, right? Whereas like a lot of times we'll see like if on this movement, hey, pump is just pump it, pump is super low, disruption super low, then hey, we might need to either A, like I know I need to get an execution video from that client to help them adjust their technique on that, which is the most common issue. Or hey, we might actually just need to plug in a different movement here to 
this might not be the best fit for their anatomy, their biomechanics, et cetera. So I really like it from that perspective, like really more than anything that tells me I need to get a form video typically to audit their effort, audit their execution of the movement or audit. Hey, do we need to just plug in a different movement there? So I do, I do like those two a lot as well, but again, it's that varies by client because with like more beginners or people really that are in their first like year, at least typically I won't have them read those things because there's just more stuff to track. And it's not typically like people that are newer to this, we can just put them in the right positions. And we want to like, from my end, I want to keep this as simple as possible for you select movements that you have, to, you can execute with as little thought as possible, execute correctly with as little thought as possible and just like put you in a position for success. And I don't want you to have to think super hard. Like, Hmm, was my pump here? Um, medium or a high? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You just, yeah. You, you had too much. Um, you, you know, it's good to get information, but too much, it can be, you know, it, it can get clients to not give you that feedback that you're looking for because it is so overwhelming, you know? Um, so yeah, no, 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 I, I agree there. Uh, cool, man. So coming up on an hour, so let's, we'll, we'll cut it there on that. Uh, is there anything that anywhere where you want to lead the audience now, anything new out where you want to leave them or just typical, uh, I would say same as always a okay. podcast is living lean. Check out our blogs, dropping weekly at barefit.com. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Jeremiah bear. And that is basically it. Cool. Well, uh, it was good talking to you again, man. A lot of good information in this episode as always. And, uh, obviously we'll try not to go two months this time. We'll try to get you, uh, back on the, the one month, uh, Q and a. Sounds good, dude. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening.